hello and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Still I Rise. I'm your host and friend, Cherry Golightly. As a quick disclaimer, I am not a licensed therapist, psychologist, psychoanalyst, or psychiatrist, so please do not substitute this podcast for any mental health, therapy, or assistance that you feel that you may be in need of. In my podcast, I'm here to share my journey as a newly single mommy of two wonderful little boys. I was in a very toxic marriage of 11 years and just recently I decided that I was going to take my life back. Um, I will be sharing with you guys my journey as my new chapter unfolds. It's been very challenging and uplifting just been a very interesting journey so I'm here to help and hopefully empower those who find themselves in the same situation or a similar situation to gain that confidence and take their life back as well so once again thanks for listening Good early morning and late night once again. It's approximately 12.32. It is February 8th. I have quite a few things to share with you guys. It's been a very interesting week. It's Friday. It's payday. And with that being said, that's why I'm up late. I actually had to pay a few bills. And yes, I just love that feeling of paying bills. Yeah, right. Not really. (laughs) So... You know, I'm really excited because this is my 49th episode of Still I Rise. So for those of you who have joined me in this journey and have listened to me, thank you. Thank you so much. You know, you guys have been the ones that have really, you know, encouraged me and empowered me to continue doing what I do and... If it wasn't for everybody listening, I would not continue doing this. And, you know, I I feel very blessed to have all the listeners, you know, who have chimed in and who have reached out. Thank you guys so, so much. And I'm excited because I feel that this journey is slowly shifting to where it needs to be. I can't say that it's coming to an end because I believe that it will take some time before it does end. It, it's going to continue. It's going to continue. And even though there are chapters that are going to come to an end, it doesn't mean that it's going to be the end. I mean, this is going to be a very interesting journey. So I realized that there's quite a few things I've left out with my story uh, on this podcast. There's a few reasons why I was very afraid of, you know, somebody getting offended or, you know, maybe being accused of slander or what have you. And I have chosen to stay semi-anonymous Uh, I obviously do not use my, you know, uh, real last name, 
And eventually I know that, you know, I am at that point where I want to share my story because I know that it's going to help others and I'm not ashamed of it. I've been told and in a sense bullied into saying, you know, into, well, I've been told that, you know, I've been making, making up stories. I've been told that I've been, you know, trying to get people to feel sorry for me and, you know, that's just part of being abused by narcissists. This is actually very big for me. The last two days have been very big. I have been pretty much stagnant in certain aspects. I try not to stay stagnant as far as productivity, as I mentioned in my last few episodes. However, as far as the topic of the divorce and dealing with the ex and dealing with, you know, family who are, you know, um, supporting the ex. I, I've been very stagnant because I decided that I was going to do no contact. I decided that I wasn't going to partake in any type of drama. And I just decided that whatever was going on with my ex had nothing to do with me. And I have no interest of what's going on. So that's where I was. And I figured, okay, I need to really just focus on other things because I cannot allow myself to start thinking about negative things, about things that are going to make me emotional, about things that are going to make me doubt myself. And that's the scary things, my friends, about about this whole journey for me because I grew up always holding somebody's hand and throughout my 11 years of marriage I was always holding his hand and depending on him and I I couldn't make a decision without his approval and you know I know that there's some healthy marriages where it's like of course that's how it is you do start off that way and that's okay but in the end I felt as though I didn't really have a say in anything and anything that I would say was just wrong and you know even up till this day as I go through this divorce you know I'm being told by or you know there there's some backhanded comments on social media saying well you know I, I'm not taking accountability for my own actions or what have you or you know I, I'm I'm just telling everybody my side of the story to make people feel sorry for me And I'll be honest, the first few months, I went through so much uncertainty. I I was not, I was very unsure of myself. I was very unsure of how I was supposed to feel or, you know, I felt very strongly, but then it's like, I felt like I was being guilted into feeling so strongly about things or I felt like I was a monster because I decided to leave I felt that, you know, okay, well, maybe maybe they are right. But, you know, I knew that I had to put my foot down because no matter where my journey is, even though it's still unknown where I'm going, I knew that it was better than where I was and what I was becoming as I stayed in that, you know, in that dark place of my life. 
it was time for me to come out and I have to say that it was scary. It still is scary, but this is probably by far the most peace that I've had in my entire life. Even as a child, I described my childhood, you know, um, to a few friends and I talk about, you know, what happened during the times that I was, I was growing up and what caused me to be very insecure of myself. And, you know, the more I understood myself, the better and easier it became for me to heal. I'm still not 100% healed. I'm still not 100% over everything. And that's okay because it's only been about six, seven months. I'm going on my sixth month today. And, um, you know, my friends, I, I have to share with you guys, I did start a countdown you know, on my, um, on my phone. I know it sounds a little bit silly. No, I'm not anticipating to get remarried after I, you know, after I'm out of it. But like I said, I am so incredibly proud of myself for having the strength and the drive to get through all of this without backpedaling, without going back, without having, you know, even with the little self-doubt that I've had in myself, I know that I was able to make it. And with the help of, you know, help and support of, you know, my sons, I am so blessed to have two beautiful boys. Yes, they annoy me at times, but, you know, they have shown so much strength, so much support towards me. When nobody else was there, you know, on my side of the family, they were there. And no matter how much they were, you know, um, listening or not listening, but how much, you know, certain people were trying to badmouth me and, and convince them that I was wrong for what I did, my boys stood by me because they were with me in my home when all of that went down. And you know what, my friends, I promise you guys that I will share my story. I will share my complete story because I know that it will probably help somebody. And uh, I, I was speaking with my friend Cassie and my friend Claire, who are both on Anchor. You know, we have the Narcissist Recovery and, you know, Claire does... Uh, Divorce confessionals. I'm sorry, Claire. I just, I'm very like emotional right now. I'm very overwhelmed with so many different emotions. I'm not even sure you know, how, how to start this. But first thing, you know, like I said, when I was talking to my two friends from, you know, who also have anchor podcast, you know, I realized there was a lot of things that I left out that I actually shared with them. I didn't tell my entire story. Because I felt that, of course, like I said, I didn't want anyone to feel that I was slandering them and, and things like that. But, you know, it's like I am ready to put myself out there because this is something that's not okay. 
because for the longest time, I really felt like I was the one that was in the wrong. For the longest time, I felt like I was the monster. For the longest time, I always thought that there was something wrong with me. And that's how bad gaslighting abuse can be. So I wanted to be able to share that with you guys. I won't share it on this episode. I will share it though. I promise. So this is the first thing. You know, I believe that everything falls in place at the right time. As I was looking at my countdown for my divorce, I'm sorry, I'm all over the place, but as I was looking at my countdown for my divorce, as of today, I will officially be, my marital status will officially be terminated in eight days. And I totally remember just going through this July 29th and getting my keys to come to this place and, you know, having to move back and forth with all of my my son's belongings and my belongings and, you know, moving over here. The first few weeks I had to move everything by myself, every big and heavy thing. Yes, my father... Um, sorry, my stepfather and my mother and my brother-in-law were gracious enough at that time to help. And, you know, I am grateful. I've been told that I was an ingrate and I, I, I didn't appreciate that. My mom did have to co-sign for me because my ex-husband pretty much screwed up my entire credit. And, you know, I am grateful for that. I truly am. However, you know, there there were some things that were said and there's just some things that were done and it was just very it was just very hurtful. I will say this. Many people will say that because I chose to keep my distance from certain family members, some of them will say that, oh, I'm angry with them or oh I'm trying to be hurtful and hateful. Many of them will accuse me of just being a bad sister or daughter or niece or whatever the case may be. But, you know, that was never the case. What I really and truly wanted out of this entire thing was to just have my peace. Was to just be in a place where I knew I was not going to continuously get hurt. I'm sorry. At the end of the day, I just wanted peace so I could live a wholesome life where I could live and raise my children as I should. I never had any intentions to hurt anybody. And 
that throughout my 11, mar- 11 years of marriage, I wanted so much to keep my marriage and family unit in one piece. I tried so hard. Even after I discovered that my ex-husband was on drugs, I was told that I had to stay, that it was my responsibility to help get him clean. And when I couldn't do it, I thought I failed. I felt like I failed my kids. I felt like I failed my family. I felt like I failed my husband. But it got worse and worse. And I could no longer stay, no matter how submissive I used to be, no matter how codependent I was, I could no longer stay because I saw myself losing a piece of myself every day. I couldn't do it anymore. A part of me was saying that I wanted to live. I wanted I wanted a life and I wanted to be happy. Before I left my ex-husband, I was trying to practice things of self-care and really just as I was p- picking up my broken pieces, I was slowly getting to know myself. But I will tell you this, my friends. As I was picking myself up as it got worse when I found out that he had he had you know he had a mistress and you know I I'll be honest I don't blame him for having one because we were not doing too well many people will say okay well you're saying that infidelity is okay I'm not saying that infidelity is okay However, I will say this. I always tell people, when it comes down to infidelity, you can't just look at it one-sided. You can't say, oh, well, this person cheated, so they're a dog. That's not always the case. That can be the case, but that's not always the case, in my opinion. In my opinion, you always have, if I ever got cheated on, I would have to ask myself, why did I get cheated on? Because if things were all good, It doesn't always happen that way. It does sometimes, but it doesn't always happen that way. And I I understand. I wasn't there. I was not connecting with him as he probably needed me to. And that's where the drugs and that's where the infidelity came in. But at the end of the day, when you take all of that away, we just both were not happy. We, We were not happy. And there was no point in being miserable together. And that's exactly why he was telling me, Why would you expect to be happy all the time? To have that mindset, it's not the healthiest mindset. And that's exactly why he turned to the path that he turned down. Or or maybe that's not why. I'm not sure exactly why he did that. But all I know is no matter how bad things got, 
maybe he's not as fortunate as I am to have a strong mindset to not tread down that path, to not go down that temptation of, you know, of, of doing drugs. Well, you know, the thing is when it comes to drugs, especially with methamphetamine, I'm not sure how their brain works. I'm not sure exactly how their mind works, but it's a very scary thing. It really is because a lot of the things that you honestly think that you are, you know, these people, you think you know them. You truly think that you know them and all of a sudden it's like they're doing things that you just never would have expected them to do. It, it's, it's, it's crazy. Uh, for example, like just, you know, I, I'm just going to come out and say it. So as I said, within eight days, I already knew that, you know, my marriage is basically going to be final. And so anyhow, with that being said, you know, um, my, my ex has made some very, very poor choices, very poor choices. And it's very unfortunate because these choices are definitely going to affect his life. I'm going to be making myself some tea so I can wind down for the night. And so he was actually arrested in September. Some things went down that I was not aware of. And, you know, apparently he had some kind of warrant for something. And um, later on, I found out it was burglary. And there was just a lot of things that were happening. And so I, you know, he had called me when I had left and, or he had texted me and said, apparently I had a warrant that I was not aware of. And, you know, I was like, okay, because during that time he was still living in, you know, the rental that we had shared, you know, together at the time. And, you know, my name was still on the lease and there was like no way that, you know, I could get off of that lease. So it was just not you know, a good situation. And it was scary because I was like, okay, well, you know, I still have these two boys that I have to take care of. I cannot, I cannot be, you know, messing around with all of this. So, you know, it's like if he ended up getting incarcerated, guess what? The responsibility will fall on me, you know, all of it. And so I had to, well, I called and, you know, apparently they had let him go and stuff. So I said, okay, well, you know, That was that, and then he had gotten incarcerated in September, and there he was actually bailed out, and he had a court date. In October, he missed his court date. I have no idea why, but, you know, for those of us that are in the right state of mind, we're pretty much aware of some of the reasons why he would miss that. Let's just be honest with ourselves. So then, 
he missed that and then he ended up getting incarcerated for something else, which I believe it was a DUI. And he was found with, you know, illegal paraphernalia in his possession. So he begged his sister, his little sister, to bail him out. And we all know that the bail is not cheap. So it was a good, a good, not couple, a good few thousand dollars. And mind you, his sister is younger than him and has two kids that she needs to, you know, financially, like, tend to. So, his sister had contacted me and let me know that this is what was going on. And she said that, you know, she had bailed him out. and She felt bad. Well, you know... I have my thoughts on that and my opinions on that. But, you know, it's like I like to keep my opinions to myself. So I just said, okay, I get it. That's your brother. That's cool. Just be very careful because you have to make sure that you pay for or he pays for that. Otherwise, it's going to end up being your problem. Well, that was in December because she felt that, yes, he want, you know, he was going to fight for his kids. He was telling her this and that sobbing and everything so then you know actually going back to September or I'm sorry October I was telling him because I remember talking to him and I said you should probably just turn yourself in around this time I was still you know um, I still kind of had some sympathy and I felt as if Yes, he should definitely, you know, he should definitely do the right thing. And, you know, he's always been that way where, you know what I mean? It's like he just want, eventually he would do the right thing. But with his new partner in crime, if you will, that wasn't the case anymore. Because it was just about now, you know, in a sense, being a little bit more rebellious and, you know, taking more rebellious actions as far as dealing with the law. So, you know, when it came down to that and I saw where he stood with that, I said, you know what, I'm not going to even deal with this anymore and so I didn't want to be involved because I don't want to get tied up in that stuff so he would tell me I don't feel like going to jail so he wasn't going to turn himself in you know and um you know from my understanding he was back and forth you know out of California and you know, he was trying to do his little shenanigans. I'm not sure exactly what that was. But long story short, I had mentioned what happened on Christmas. I had mentioned, you know, things that happened in between all of that and the threats I got and how... I had my entire family, not entire, but my immediate family kind of turned their back on me. 
after all that was said and done, you know, that's when I ended up blocking him after I got that threat because I just didn't want to deal with it anymore. And I had other things that I I needed to take care of. You know, um, a lot of the finances were getting really very much out of hand. Uh, For example, I had to pay for things that he didn't pay for or what have you. And um, there's no way around it. And, you know, I, somebody, I guess, has to be the responsible one because I can't, I can't rely on him to do that anymore. You know, many people would tell me, did you mention this to your, your family? Did you mention this to your, you know, so-and-so? And I'm like, what for? It doesn't matter what I tell them because they see things how they see it and there's no way around it. And there's no point. I, I, I don't have the energy you know, to try to justify myself anymore or try to defend myself because the people that I'm defending myself to are not going to believe me anyways. So it's not going to do me any good. I'm just going to be beating myself up. You know, I wish them the the best. I love them to death. I never stop loving them. But I really just need to take care of myself. And however they think I should take care of myself and my children, you know, they have their own standards. And with all due respect, I'm I'm an adult. And I was the one who's endured this terrible situation. Nobody else was in that house with me. Nobody else truly knows. They're hearing two sides of a story And, you know, I've never told them to take sides, but they felt compelled to do so. But with that being said, um, I haven't heard from my, you know, I I still consider her my sister, um, my sister-in-law. I haven't heard from her for a while. and I thought maybe she was um, upset with me, so I just kind of left things alone. I had a few Christmas gifts here for them and... You know, so she finally contacted me a few days ago and let me know on Chinese New Year, um, you know, about her life and the changes that she was going through. And um, it was it was rather it was rather interesting, but I'm very proud of her because she's definitely stepped up and, you know, she's fighting for, you know, herself as well. So she told me that. Her brother was incarcerated once again. She told me about the different patterns that he was doing, coming and going as he's pleased, you know, as he pleases. There's random items that are showing up, you know, that basically, as it boiled down, it was the same thing that was going on when he was living with me and the boys. And it just scares me because there's not a thought or any conscience in his head that he would be affecting. Never mind me, but his children. You know, he's a very good manipulator. And, you know, it's crazy. It's crazy. So, you know, it's, I will say this. Um, So my sister-in-law asked me if she could, you know, pick up the boys because they were having a Chinese New Year. Um 
party at their place. So, you know, I, I wanted to, I, not that I didn't trust her, but I just wanted to make sure that, you know, um, there wasn't any surprises where, you know, maybe somebody else had bailed her brother out or whatever. So I checked the booking log and sure enough, there he was, which then obviously led me to look at the charges and looking at the charges, I, I just, I can't say that I wasn't surprised, but I can't say that I wasn't disappointed disappointed because I thought that I knew him better than that because I thought that you know he had more common sense disappointed because he never changed disappointed because there was not one time during these last six months that he has taken a step to progress towards you know seeing his boys Everyone that he's talked to had said, it is so simple. You just have to provide a clean drug test and you can see your boys. But he says, that's not what it, it's not about that. It's not about that. If you're clean, then you don't have any reason to not, you know, to, to not take the test. It's not a big deal. Well, you know, I know that there's many people that will probably disagree with me and say that, okay, it's not that simple. It isn't that simple. And I understand that. It's not that easy to get off of methamphetamine. It's not that easy to get off of drugs. I was a smoker for many years and, you know, I, it took a while for me to quit, but it was a made up mind, you know, and I know with methamphetamine, it's very hard to get off. And, you know, with a lot of the behaviors and a lot of the patterns that they do, it's pretty obvious when they're on it and it's just like their mind is not working. It's just, you know, they, they lose track of time. They have no idea they're, they're trying to function, but they're not, you know, I'm not sure how it is. I've never done methamphetamine before, but all I know is it's really bad. And actually, um, I'm waiting for a friend, um, who, We'll be able to share more of that. And I'm excited because I'll be able to bring him on the show and ask him a few questions. So for those of you that are going through any type of, you know, any type of this, like, um, like basically any, if you're going through or living with somebody that's on meth, this is basically the best thing to listen to, um, you know, honestly, talking to my friend, you know, who recovered from it has basically given me some really good insights on how he was and what, you know what I mean? Like what he was thinking. So with that being said, the charges that are on my ex-husband's, you know, record, he will probably be incarcerated for a long time. Um, I know that I was given the guilt trip after that. Oh, you should be happy. This is what you wanted. You know, this is the stuff that I get from, you know, people who are supposed to be supportive of me. I didn't, you know, and it's funny because even his girlfriend is telling her ex-husband, oh, she planned this whole thing. And it's like, okay, for, for the people that have no sense, they're like, oh my God, that was so messed up, Cherry. Why did you plan this whole thing? 
if you get any type of clue that your spouse or the person that you're living with is on drugs and could possibly put you and your children in danger, yes, I will say I premeditated the whole thing. I'm sorry. I'm so, I'm totally guilty of that. Yes, I did. I did scrap up some cash just so I can get out of there. Yes, I did go on survival mode. Yes, I did plan it out. I didn't plan it out because I was trying to be hurtful towards the other person. And that's exactly what narcissists do. They think that because you're defending yourself, you are basically hurting them. You're deliberately hurting them. You're trying to defend yourself. So I will say to anybody that tells me that, oh, you're wrong for that, you know, get your head out of your ass. I am so sorry, but that really aggravates and irritates me when people tell others who are in an abusive relationship, oh, you're messed up for that. Why, why would you do that? You have no idea. And, you know, I understand that maybe these people have no idea really what's going on, but it's like to jump on the other person who's, go, who's been through enough, that, that's utter bullshit. You know, and for those of you who are in my shoes, you understand where I'm coming from, and I want you guys to, to just be strong. And when somebody tries to tell you that what you did was wrong, you know what? Just say thank you. And move on with your life. Because you don't need people like that in your life that are going to make you feel guilty because you were trying to get out of a bad situation. It doesn't matter. Because you know your heart. You know what's in your mind. You know what your intentions were. They don't know. They're not going to force their... You know, they have their own delusional perception about you and they're going to try to force that on you and say yeah this is how you are this is exactly how you are no 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 no. nobody knows you better than yourself so you don't listen to those people and you just keep doing what you do they could sit there and talk about you all you want but at the end of the day those people who are your friends those people who are close to you and and care about you They will be there for you anyways. And people who are going to be there for you, they will not judge you. They will not criticize you. And they will not belittle you. Those people who love you will not help you because they have their own hidden agendas. I want you guys to know that. For those of you that are struggling right now because you're confused about because all of these other people are just adding in noise into your life, you just got to cut that off. And you know, honestly, it's best to, to just stay away from that because you're going to continue to feel really crappy and it's going to push you backwards Instead of you going forward, you're going to go back or you'll stay stagnant. You know, it was hard for me when people would tell me you just need to take a break or set boundaries. And, you know, it, it's hard because, you know, you don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. But when you're 
at that point of your journey where you're really, it's, it's make or break you time, you really have to be very mindful and careful with who you're allowing into your life. You know, and, and it's kind of funny because I was reading something on social media. It's one of those, you know, one of those quotes. It said, listen to your body. Your soul will, re- will actually reject people. And it's true. Like, you know, if you ever get a, ba- a bad vibe from somebody or if you just don't want to be around these people, then it's totally normal. That right there is it's like your, your soul is rejecting them saying, okay, I, I can't, you know. And, you know, a lot of the, there, there's, there's been a few festivities that I actually had to decline on and I, I'm probably going to get shit for it. But, you know, I knew that just the thought of, of being around certain people, I knew that it wasn't going to be good for me or my kids at this time. So it's just like, okay, let's just focus on this. And, you know, it's just got to heal. It's just got to come over. You know, and so it's been since Christmas, since I've talked to anybody. I got a few text messages, but I haven't seen anybody. So I'm just letting things just, you know, I'm just letting things just be as it is, you know. And, um, you know, it's funny because I'm like, okay, well, maybe things will heal over eventually. And so I noticed as I was going through my social media, I see backhanded passive aggressive you know post and I'm just rolling my eyes like are we in high school so I do my best to just stay off of Facebook because I don't need to be seeing stuff there's no point in me seeing it it makes me in a sense just you know want to if I didn't have to network due to business you know and as much as possible I really try not to look at certain people's like, you know, post because it's ridiculous. It's irrelevant. It's just not going to be, it's not fueling me at all. So I did see one today and I was just like, okay, well this pretty much right here solidifies that I don't really need to be around these people yet until like the fire just goes out and you know, it is what it is. So you know, this is the new journey. And I will say, you know, for those of you that are afraid to have no contact, it's been good. You know, the fact that I was actually able to ride this last part out in silence and in peace has been very great. The fact that I didn't have to worry about, oh my God, am I going to get another stupid text message? I mean, until now, because there's certain people that I haven't blocked from text messages, but for my ex-husband, I did block him. You know, once in a while, I'll get like a ping on my, on my phone and I'm like rolling my eyes, please don't let it be anything dumb, you know? I look at it, I'm like, oh, okay, you know? And so I've noticed that my anxiety level has gone down. I've been able to sleep better. I'm not grinding my teeth. <laughs> You know, I feel liberated. I feel great, you know. And so, of course, yeah, this news came in and I'm, I'm just like, well, you know, it is unfortunate. It's unfortunate because it's unf- I have all these mixed feelings. I'm feeling bad for him because I, you know, I still have 
a few pictures of, you know, I've never deleted anything on my social media and I come across some of the pictures of him and how our lives used to be and how he was, even though he was a little bit of a dipshit, you know, (laughs) it's like he still had a chance for a good life, a very good life. But this is a path that he chose. And no matter what anybody tells me and says, okay, well, you did such and such, which caused him to do this. No, no, don't give me that. Do not give me that. That that does not make any sense. Stop. He's a grown ass man. He made these decisions. I am not going to be, I'm not going to be accepting this. You know, I'm not taking credit for this. Okay. I'm not that powerful. So... You know, I look at that and I'm like, you know what, that's very sad. It is very sad because there were several times within that year and a half that I stuck around that he could have made those changes but did not. And at the same time, you know what, Everything's happened. everything happens for a reason. And I apologize for the weird speech because my wisdom tooth is still coming out. <laughs> so everything happens for a reason and, you know, maybe he needs to go down the path a little bit more to find himself. You know, as I mentioned uh, several times, mine and my chapter with him has come to an end. I really, really wish the best for him for the sake of our boys. I really hope that as years go by, he will find himself and he will be able to rebuild his life and reclaim his life. I really hope that there is a chance for him. Because maybe deep down inside, there's some kind of human that's still there. But at this moment, while he is still under the influence, while he is still you know, going through all of this, it's not going to change. And it's very scary. And, you know, he's lost everything. And I understand that's probably why he has gone down this path. And I will pray for him. I continue to do so. Because I know that my boys still love him. I know that my boys... They say that they are used to all of this, but I know that they are very much hoping for him to change as well. So this is where this is where the new journey starts. I mean, I'll be honest, I was I still have a little bit of a thought in my head where, you know what I mean? It's like, okay, something might get dismissed and he might come back out and we'll be doing this all over again. Who knows? But, you know, as far as I know, this is the end of this chapter so far. And now my my chapter can finally continue in peace. There's a lot that's going to be going on. And, um, you know, I, I know that there's going to be more things, probably more challenges that I'm going to be facing. (laughs) But it's less drama. And my friends, all I have to say, if you're still in that situation where you're contemplating getting, getting out, if you've been following my journey and my story, you know that it always gets better. It's not going to be 
a 100% fairy tale happily ever after. But this is where you learn. This is where you learn to grow. This is where you learn how to be strong. This is how you learn to really embrace motherhood. This is where you really learn how to value things around you. This is where you learn how to value yourself and how to really get to know yourself and to really love yourself and you find yourself just challenging yourself every day and you know you make it through these hard times because you will be your own best friend and you will love your children because your children are going to see you and they're going to have your back 100%. You know, and along this journey you will find and meet other people who will be here to support you. Maybe you don't have as much support as you wish you had with the people who are supposed to support you, but you will find people and you will be surprised of who will actually be there for you. But the most important person that needs to be there for you is yourself. You got to push yourself every morning, every night, every day to tell yourself that you got this and you do got this. Because if somebody like me, who has been a doormat my entire life, who just never had my life together or just as far as mentally, I always seeked validation. I always had to be, I was, I was the very dependent woman. I was not the misindependent. I was the very dependent woman. I, I was the woman that went home after work and, you know, my entire life, revolved around my husband and my children. I couldn't even drive on the freeway the freeway on my own. I was afraid to. I would get anxiety when I would drive out of my neighborhood. It sounds silly, but this was the woman that I was. And if somebody like me can make it out and be okay, then you can do this. You can do this. I promise you, you could do this. Life is too big and beautiful and short to waste. Make it a beautiful masterpiece of yours. It might be hard, but it's okay. Embrace it. Get through it. It will be okay. Rewind to months ago. I never in a million years thought I would be able to get out of this. I never in a million years thought I would... I would actually be able to mentally survive and emotionally survive all of this. And I came out and I'm fine and even better. I will say this. I have to pay so much financially. And I'm doing my best to keep my head above water as far as everything else. I, I'm trying to juggle everything at once as a single mom. Because I don't really feel that he's, you know, in the position to see the boys. I don't feel that he's in the position to drive around with the kids. And so it's like, you know, I'm very protective with my boys. I don't want anybody you know, around them, especially with him being on drugs and hanging around with certain people, random people. I I don't really find that to be, you know, I don't have any, 
I don't feel safe with that. So I do everything necessary to keep these boys safe. I've been going through, you know, I know I'm going to be traveling and they're going to be going with me. And that's okay because you know what? We're going to be seeing it all together. They're my best friends. They're my children. They're my companions. And I, I, I hope that I could teach them so much. I hope that they will remember more good than bad in their lives. I hope that I can make it make up for it. This is what's driving me. And as I mentioned, as I continue to campaign for financial literacy, I too am one that's trying to utilize the program that my company offers to fix my situation. To get by. More than get by. But to. To get out of the situation that I'm in. And to offer a much better life. For my children. I'm starting all over again. I am starting all over from scratch. I have to rebuild. And pick up pieces that could be salvaged. Or let go of the ones that are completely destroyed. But I'm doing my best to rebuild my life. And I'm okay with it. I know it's going to take some time. I know that it's going to take much more dedication. And I know that I don't have the help. I know that it's just me and my boys, but I'm okay with that. I'm doing the best that I can and I will continue to fight and do the best that I can every day for these kids. Well... I'm sorry, I, I never anticipated on getting emotional on this episode, but I thought that this would be the perfect 49th episode because my 50th episode, I really hope to be able to share with you guys something more positive and you know something a lot more helpful. And um, you know, I'm very excited. I will probably be, I, I really plan on doing a little bit more on either YouTube or on Instagram. So if you guys do not follow me on Instagram, please do so. And, you know, if you know of anybody that is in a situation such as mine or, you know, that, that you know that can relate, please, you know, um, please introduce them to this podcast, the Still I Rise podcast. You know, and, um, you know, please support the podcast as well. If you are on Anchor, let's, you know, let's continue to, you know, reach out to me. I'd love to hear from you. If you've got a podcast, I would love to hear your episodes. So, yes, but uh, my Instagram, for those of you who don't have it, um, I'm under cherry.golightly, that's G O L I. G-H-T-L-Y. Yes. So please feel free to add me on Instagram. Follow me on Instagram. And um, I will probably be doing some more live feeds. I would like to actually have, you know, um, some group discussions 
And, you know, for those of you, just let me know, you know, I'll, I'll be very excited to, you know, to start something like that. And, um, yeah, I, I really am looking forward to a brand new year. I know it's going to be phenomenal. I know it's going to be completely different. I'm making a lot of, you know, I'm taking bigger steps towards different things to make my life different. And, you know, I'm very excited to share them with, with all of you guys. So that's all I have for you guys today. And, you know, as things progress, I am very excited to be able to share more and more with you. Please, please hang in there. We will rise together. We will continue to rise. After every single challenge, we will still rise. So once again, thanks for listening. Until next time, please be kind to yourself. You know, for any of you that need to reach out, need anybody to talk to, please know that I am here. You can reach out, you know, by voicemail here on Anchor, or you can go ahead and, you know, send me a private message on Instagram, and I'm, I, I will be very happy to hear from you guys. Um, I also do have an email, which I will actually put down on my, on my link, And, you know, you guys can go ahead and send me some emails. So once again, thank you guys very much for listening. Take care.